If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 217. This is our 2022 Travellers Championship Plus BMW International Open Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamber, to discuss this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with in-depth betting previews. We've got two previews out for the BMW International Open and of course the Travellers. Tournament strokes, gain statistics. Very, very good insight into TPC River Highlands this week. Tournament form stats, form charts, including combined course and current form and our PGA and DP World Tour predictive optimizers. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge with no paywall. We're available on Twitter. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. We're now through 2,900 subscribers. We're aiming for 3,000. So hopefully we can get there around the Open Championship, which is in a few weeks' time. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcast. Must say at this point as well, we are just a few, and I mean a few, away from 200 five-stars on Spotify. So as I keep saying, you can just press that five-star button once. If you listen to us on on uh, Spotify, that'd be wonderful. Um, leave your name and where you are if you are going to give us an Apple review. Uh, we could do with some more, but uh, we've got... Uh, we had a couple last week, so that's good. But yeah, pl- keep them coming. This one. The lads are elite five-stars. Love the insights. Great to see a proper podcast going into detailed European tour depth each week. Love your work, gentlemen. Keep it up. And that's from Bazcat. And Bazcat is down there in Australia. Thanks, Bazcat. Lovely stuff. Yeah, thanks, Bazcat. I'm glad you enjoyed a pod on the content. Nice one, Baz. He likes the, uh, he likes the Euro tour depth, mate. That's one thing we are good at. Oh, we'll have to make a decision at some point. Are we going to cover the live tour? <laughs> Apparently, another yeah. three going over this week. I hear, and they keep saying one of them is Matsuama. Yeah, it's going to rumble on for a few weeks to come, isn't it? We'll Years. See how we see how it goes. Let's talk proper golf. Let's talk U.S. Open. What a great tournament! Oh, incredible. In a lot of ways, it played out um, as as we expected. The winning score was kind of where we said, wasn't it? Yeah. Minus six. Yeah. Um, it was it was playable without being um, 
you know, it was US Open tough without being so extremely difficult that, uh, you know, scoring was impossible. So, um, you know, birdies could be made if you were playing, if you were right at the top of your game. But um, other than that, a proper stringent test that uh, brought out a fantastic winner in the end. And you got to congratulate and, uh, and, and be incredibly impressed with Matthew Fitzpatrick, who uh, got that first major championship win. Really good stuff. So many people have... I mean, I've been on him a couple of times. And he's done well. I mean, I think I got a second out of him at Valspar. It's not as if he's been dying when in contention. He was right in the mix at the PGA. And yeah, he was in the final group, wasn't he? But he didn't, he didn't completely implode. No. But you, I, kept hearing, I kept hearing podcasts, mainly North American. Oh, well, he's won six times in Europe. But he can't get over the line, so he's a definite fade. And don't put him in your DraftKings team, and don't do this, and don't do that. But um, oh, you know, but he, he just came good. And we said all along, we said all along that course was going to demand a strong vocal caddy who a player would have respect for. And Billy Foster was the man. Yep. Yeah. Can make a huge difference when a push comes to shove, and it only only needs to be that um, the marginal difference, doesn't it? You know, the the, the shot or two that's gonna gonna turn you from being an also ran into a major champion. And it was the wrong side of the draw fits as well. You know, what was it about a shot and a half? I think in the end, from uh, from late early to early early late, um, with, with the late earlys getting the the rougher side of the draw, which is where Fitzpatrick was on, but. Um, as we saw with Justin Thomas at the PGA, he overcame that, and uh, yeah, nothing but admiration really for for him and the, the outpouring on social media, um, you know, particularly from the English side since then has been uh, incredible to see. So, yeah, pleased for the guy. Not not pleased for the fact that I didn't I didn't have him um, in time in terms of my bets, but uh, yeah, you can't be anything but happy for him really. But we've, I mean, the, I mean, obviously the reason we have, we didn't bet him was because of the lack of, let's, let's say that Sunday moxie to, to really, you know, be there and win. Um, everything else stacked up really well for him, but it was, it was the fact that he hadn't converted or hadn't really f- properly shown it on sun, on a Sunday over in the States that kind of turned us off. I mean, I've given him plenty of crap over the, uh, the last couple of years. And he was amazing this week. An amazing win. The tournament was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. And um, I like the setup as well. The fact that it was US Open tough. They had the they had the rough, uh, which was graduated. Um, but these were the these were the leading scores across each four days. Yeah. You had sixty six from Hadwin Hadwin on the Thursday. You had 66 from Morikawa on the Friday. 67 from Will Zalatoris on the Saturday, which I think was the toughest day, wind and very firm greens. It then rained overnight and into early morning. Hideki Matsuama, Colin Morikawa. Uh, sorry, Hideki Matsuama shot a 65 with Morikawa. And Guido Migliozzi shooting 66 on Sunday. So... For a US Open, it was scorable. But when you were chasing birdies and making mistakes, 
it was your typical doubles and trebles were very in play. I think that's the US Open setup right there, isn't it? I said off mic, I think since Mike Davis has pulled himself away from the uh, USGA, all of a sudden the courses have become less quirky and actually far better. Yeah, I think they've, they've lost that like focus on maybe just enabling the catastrophe holes. So I think there's a better balance to the whole thing. That Joel Damon said something really interesting. He said every hole was birdieable, but every hole was very easily bogeyable. And so if you you know if you if you're hitting the right shots, you got the reward, and if you got it a bit wrong, you got punished. And I think the if you look at like the, the things that like say happened to Scotty Scheffler on both Saturday was it Saturday and Sunday. When he hit the back nine, hit that stretch of holes, it was just reeling off bogeys without probably not hitting terrible shots, but it was just very easy to make a run of bogeys. Mm. If 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 the U.S. Open was set up like that every year, it's it's brilliant, and you can kind of just ignore the whole par. Like par is irrelevant. You know, it's just it's just whoever shoots the lowest number each week, so you could call it par whatever you want. I just thought the balance was really good. Yeah, yeah. No, enjoyable. Um, got a little bit of joy, I guess, from a betting perspective. You were on Zalatoris, Steve, weren't you? So uh, another near miss, unfortunately. Um, I was on Gary Woodland, top 12, um, finish each way, and he f- managed in the end to to get in a tight attempt. So that was yeah. a full each way place out of that. So yeah, it nice. wasn't a complete loss. It's always disappointing when you've got... An, a player who wins, where um, you could have, you know, could have, could have easily made a case for him, um, and uh, you know, after you know the post mortem afterwards, it was always a bit, um, a bit painful because he was there, he was gettable. Coke rag, Scheffler, Homer, my winners this season. I've had McNeely, Wolf, Morikawa, Hughes, Hoagie, Zalatoris, Hovland. And now Zalatoris again, finishing second. That's my, I, I count that up as one, two, three, four, four, six. That's my eighth second place finish of the season. Three winners. Steve. Amazing, isn't it? Three winners, eight second, three winners, eight second places. Imagine how different that profit and loss could be. Mm. Madness. Yeah, that's the variance of the game, isn't it? You know, and then hopefully you go through a run where it all turns the other way and the Sundays go go our way. One thing I'm going to say. I do this for notes, you know, as well. So I, you know, I tell you guys, I tell the, I tell the um, listeners, and then I'll next year I'll go back to our US Open or post show and just listen. Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, Matt Fitzpatrick on my eight week strokes gained analysis for driving. They ranked in the field fourth, third, and fifth with Fitzpatrick in the field for strokes gained off the tee when they were teeing it off. That is one hell of a trend. And we we did say strong drivers. I think the thing that ultimately put us off Fitzpatrick was his driving distance number. But if you actually look, and I did notice this off piece, you know, at the Masters, he was ninth for driving distance. PGA, 17th. Canadian Open, 13th. So he was getting it way out there. But that season-long number was horribly, horribly skewed because pack in October... He played the Bermuda Championship and he averaged 259 off the tee. <laughs> and that completely screws that season-long stat from the very outset. 
It's mad how yeah. these statistics work. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of SSP Chow Razor kind of it's crazy um, length, that, isn't it? <laughs> it must have been hitting yeah, irons. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy though how you know you look at statistics and you're, you're cutting, you're cutting people away. But yeah, so we we didn't actually get the winner on that on our list of the magical list poll that we produced. No, no. We had Zalatoris. He'd got the um, the the previous major finish criteria, and that mm. was there. Um, but yeah, it, it fell out in terms of season long driving distance. But hey. He's getting longer off the tee, isn't it? You can see well, you can that. Tell he's, that, can't he's you? Work, yeah, yeah he's, been, he's been working on it for a number of years now, and um, it's well, it's paid the ultimate dividend. He's uh, he's now a major champion, which um, you know uh, these golfers will strive to achieve that at some point in their career. And well done to Matt for getting it done so relatively early. You know, he's got plenty of years to go yet to to add to his tally. He's never he's never going to get asked that question ever again. Yeah, do you worry about not winning on the PGA Tour? Um, here you go, just to finish off. Bryson DeChambeau, top five. Hideki, top 13. Lefty, top 21. Ram, top 10. Morikawa, top five. Thomas, top 10. Fitzpatrick, now top five in the major preceding their major victory. So there you go, Paul. If I see you choosing anyone outside the top 21 at the US Open... For the open, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go for someone with a string of missed cuts. It's the uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to drag out a bit of value. Right, two good tournaments this week. Let's crack on. Um, I think we'll talk Travelers Championship first, if you don't mind. Um, a decent field which you tend to get at the Travellers because I know they throw lots of cash at it and it's a well-respected tournament over on the PGA Tour. Let's talk bookmakers first. And for the Travellers, we're going to highlight 10bet. Yep, yet again, they are offering standout prices on popular players with market leading on odds, which you take at five places each way at court rods terms if you want an each-way punt as we record this podcast. There's some interesting prices here. 33 to 1 on Wacky Neiman. 40 to 1. I don't know if I well I do know the answer to this. I'm I don't know if I don't know if Barry's going to be able to resist this one. But 40 to 1 on Tony T2 Fee now. We've got mm. 50 yeah, no, 50 to 1 on Aaron Wise. 80 to 1 on Webb Simpson. And here's another great example. 150 to 1. 10 better on Aaron Rye, who I took a very close look at for this because Aaron Rye to me feels like the kind of high GIR plotter that could go well at Travellers. He's 150 to 1 with 10 bet right now. He's as short as 80 to 1 with both Paddy Power and William Hill. New 10 bet customers get a 50% welcome bonus up to £50 when signing up through Gold Betting System. You can find details about their new customer promotion plus a link through to that very offer plus T's and C's in the podcast description. So support the show. That'd be fantastic. 10bet account, very, very up on them at the moment in terms of just being able to get these crazily good odds on random players each week. Uh, also highlight, Boyle Sports are their traditional 
10 places each way of 50 odds this week at the Travellers Championship. Right. Let's talk Travellers Championship. Let's talk course. We are moving, but not too far. We're moving down from Massachusetts and we're going to Connecticut. TPC River Highlands, Cromwell, Connecticut. So we're still in New England, effectively. It's a two-hour drive from Manhattan, sort of north, uh, northeast. Of course, um, there's some real similarities to last week. I mean, not in terms of its difficulty or its length, but it's a par 70 again. We've got two par fives. Its length, 6,852 yards, so clearly it is a short format golf course. Holes with water in play, four. The fairways, it's all very similar agronomy to last week, as it would be because it's so close. Bent grass with Poana. The rough is Kentucky bluegrass mixed with fescue, four inches. Greens, 5,000 square feet on average featuring bent grass with Poana. So we've got that bent grass Poana mix again. Even the green sizes are pretty similar to last week. Don't think you're going to see the undulation. Don't think you're going to see that kind of Donald Ross front to back kind of designs. They're a lot flatter. This is a Robert J. Moss original, but 84 received a peat dye renovation or redesign. So I always categorize it as a peat dye golf course. Huge links to peat dye golf courses. As we know, you do get real peat dye specialists, Kevin Kisner, for example. Uh, if you want to look at that kind of form link, Austrian Country Club, where they might play the match play. Crooked Stick. Harbour Town, of course. The Ocean Course at Keogh Island. TPC Louisiana, where they play the team event. TPC Sawgrass, the players. Uh, PGA West, where they're playing the American Express in January every year. They uh, The host course there is TPC Stadium. That's a die design. And, of course, Whistling Straits 2010-2015 PGA Championship. Going completely off-piste, it was fascinating to me the other day. I was doing some post-analysis on the Canadian Open they played at St. George's. Carl Pettersson and Rory McIlroy, the two winners there, 2010-2022, both finished in the top three at the 2012 PGA Championship, which was hosted at Kiarana. Oh dear. I actually thought that, Jim. Anyway, I don't know. I'm going completely off pace. But these, it's quirky how these things actually happen, and they seem to happen quite a lot. Course. The scoring here is totally and utterly dictated by um, weather conditions. Uh, we had a real nagging 20, 15 to 25 mile an hour wind throughout a lot of last year. So actually, it played quite tough relative to par. So I think the winner, I'm trying to find it on my preview. Yeah, Harris English, 13 under. That's quite, that's quite a high score for here. A uh, year before, Dustin Johnson, 19 under. Uh, 2019, Ches Reevee, 17 under. Bubba Watson, who, as we know, is injured now, but absolutely loves this place. Uh, 17 under, the, th uh, the one time he won in 18. Jordan Speed, 12 under, played tough that year. Russell Knox, 14 under. Bubba Watson, 16 under. Two... two um, Two to par fives kind of keep a slight lid on the scoring. But, you know, 59 watch here. We can talk about Jim Furyk. There's often 60s, 61s around here. 
Uh, official, I've, I've, I've started adding this to my preview, preview. Official world golf ranking of winners. English last year was 19. DJ 6, Reevee 48, Watson 20. So last four winners all within the top 50 in the world. Worthy of note. I'll tell you another thing I like about this. It's just the average winning price. You go back to 2010, go through the average odds of the winners here. 64 to 1. Now, I like the sound of that. Past eight winners, 50 to 1. Um, you could go even as tight now as the last four. 2018, 33 to 1, Bubba. 70 to 1, Reevy. Bearing in mind, Reevy, were you on that week, Paul? I know that you won him at the US Open. Yeah, and oh, no, I'd backed did, him the week before at the US Open. You did. Would he, he finish third or something? Didn't oh, yeah, he finished US third. Then, you, then he got a 70 to 1 winner the week yeah. after. Now I'm following that. I'm following that form and pattern this week. I'm going down this route. So Watson 33s, Reevy 70s, DJ 30s. That was the year when they just come back from COVID. 45 to one Harris English. Now that's a juicy, juicy mid range there of of prices that I want to be seeing. I can't do the mental arithmetic. 75 from... Yeah, it's in the 50th. 50th yeah, it's going to be 50 to 1-ish, isn't it, over the last four years? Yeah. This is the kind of tournament where you sit there and if you haven't got the winner next week, you're starting, you're slapping your forehead thinking, this this is the kind of tournament I should be getting the winner in. So, yeah, it tends to be, as you would expect, dictated in the end by par 4 scoring. Um Harris English last year was in the top five for par four scoring, it, and the winner is always towards the top end of the par four scoring chart, simply because it makes up the most holes with only eight looks at par fives. Mm. It's gettable, and the weather this week, low wind. I'm just checking right now. I'm checking the um, Hartford Brynard Airport um, post on Windfinder. Very little wind this week, and it looks like that tomorrow, Wednesday, into Thursday, there is an over 50%, getting up to 75% chance of rain. So, for me, soft golf course, low wind, let's think 17 to 19, 20 under par winning this week. Nice, soft, receptive greens. There you go. On a very short golf course. Yep. Bit of respite after last week. Oh, God, yeah. But I still genuinely think last three winners of this, Reevee, DJ, and Harris English, all ranked in the top 20 for approach play, their outing before, and all ranked in the top 10 for strokes gained T to green, the outing before they won this. Mm. Two of those, of course, being a US Open in the case of Reevee and in the case of Harris English. It feels the kind of puzzle we can solve this week and strike a winner. It really does. Is there anything about the travellers that you two want to add before I move on to my player selections? No, not really. From my perspective, I, I guess, uh, as always with these post-major events, and I've got the same d- dilemma over in Germany for, for my, my event. Um, it's just trying to ascertain whether these players that were 
in the mix or on the fringes are have got the the mental and physical energy to to jump straight back on and and, and compete this week. But you know you, your your preview goes through a number of players who've done exactly that as as does mine. So. Um, it's, it's quite easy to put a line through these players who, who played well last week or right in the mix and think, well, you know, there's no chance they're going to step up and do it again. But history would suggest that uh, that's not the case. So, yeah, yeah that seems to be a changing vibe. That's the same in in, mm. in your BMW International Open absolutely, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We've we've had players come over from uh, various US Opens and uh, really seriously contend or or, or win the, uh, the, the the German event over <laughs> the years. So. Yeah, you simply cannot put a line through players simply because they played well last week in the, the US Open. I also think with these players disappearing off to LIV, I think the mid the mid range pack of players must be getting quite excited on the PGA Tour. You know, you've got some big names starting to disappear off to pastures new. You know, and the likes of a Denny McCarthy all of a sudden. If you're playing well, you can make a lot of money on the PGA Tour quite quickly. And all of a sudden, it's opening the doors to major championships. I'll take you through the top 10 of players from the US Open, tee to green, last week, who are in this field. Joseph Bramlett ranked second. Joseph Bramlett ranked second for tee to green at the US Open last week. That's mad. Scotty Scheffler was three. Keegan Bradley was four. Joel Damon was five. There's a guy here. There was a lot of chatter about him at the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, and a lot of guys put him in the put, put him in the DK team lineups and he missed the cut. Chris Getterup. He was eighth for T to Green at the US Open last week. He actually beat Will Zalatoris, who was nine. The one that snuck in there in the top ten was Hayden Buckley. Now, you've mentioned him in the past, Paul, Hayden Buckley, so I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to mention him this week. He was top 10 tee to green last week. Now, I've done this before as well. You get all like, super excited, top 10, and all these trends about, you know, and well, let's just check through Canada as well. Uh, Alex Smalley is in this field. He finished sixth for tee to green at St. George's. Aaron Rye, who I mentioned with 10 bet, he finished seventh for tee to green at the Canadian Open. John Huh was 10th. And I'm even going to go back to the Memorial as well, because there are some players in this field who haven't played since the Memorial. We have, sitting there in 10th spot, one, a guy that I have tipped up, Brendan Steele, who's got a very good record around here. So if we're going off past trends, players that have finished their last tournament in the top 10 for tee to green go on to win this. Those are the names that I'm seeing over the last three tournaments. Memorial, Canadian Open, US Open. Okay. It won't surprise you then to work through, just being a logical kind of guy, I have gone for, at the top, I've I've done this many times in the past as well, you go through the process, blah, 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 blah. There's one at the top that's really short. And you go, oh, uh, bollocks, if he wins, he wins. Um, and he does win. So I'm going Scotty Scheffler at the top. I've got Keegan Bradley. I've also got Denny McCarthy and Brendan Steele. Those are four of my six. Se- oh, and Joel, Joel Damon as well. Do I say that? Joel Damon, sorry. So yeah, let me, let me do that again. Scheffler, 
Bradley, Damon, and Steele are four of my six. Just for that very reason, really. I, I find it difficult. To, um, Joel Damon, when I went live, had been priced up at 125 to 1 with Bet Fred eight places each way. I couldn't believe it. Within the three minutes it took to give Paul all of the copy and for him to do his magic, he'd been instantly cut. What did we get in the end? Was it 90 to 1 on Joel Damon? 90 to 1, yeah. yeah. Still a good there, price. There was some massive disparity, wasn't there? I, Crazy. It was 66s, I think, it was as short as. And Crazy. So with, with, with some of the um, some some of the five-place each-way bookies, I think you, you probably still can get 125s or thereabouts. Certainly could last time I looked. But yeah, it was one of those players that has completely split split opinion with the uh, with the bookies, which um, is always one to look at, isn't it? It's one of those um, one of those um, factors to build in. Is 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 there something there that the bookies aren't quite consistently in, in agreement with? Joel Damon was the thirty-six hole tied leader last week at the U.S. Open, and I'm on him at ninety to one to win the Travelers. It just seems brilliantly fair to me. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Poem mixed greens. He's finished ninth at Torrey Pines, 14th and 6th at Pebble Beach and 5th at Riviera. So there's no doubt the guy can play on Poana. And he's a plotter, isn't he? He's just that kind of plotter that's going to come round here and if the, if the putter's working, he can just pull scores together. Straight 66s and throw a 65 in one of the days would be really nice this week. He was second at the 2018 John Deere Classic, which is a very similar course to this, the John Deere. They played up in Illinois. It's bent grass greens, no power in those, but short, tree-lined, plotter's course, low scoring. He shot 19 under that week to finish second, 2018 John Deere Classic. So I was... Absolutely ecstatic. I was, I was kind of well. Of course, I was disappointed not to get the one twenty five. But even ninety to one with Bet Fred, I thought that was an amazing price on a guy that finished top ten in the U.S. Open the week before. So Joel Damon. Um, I've also thrown in one of the heroes of last week, Denny McCarthy. I managed to get sixty six to one, eight places each way with William Hill. All of a start, all of a sudden, we know that Denny McCarthy is in the top five putters on the PGA Tour, has been for years. All of a sudden, 14th and 24th for tee to green, the approach play is working. He was third after 36 holes and sixth after 54 holes at the World's Fargo Championship, which is his home tournament in Maryland outside of Washington. Then went to Muirfield Village, the memorial tournament, loaded field. Second after 36 holes and seventh after 54 holes at Muirfield Village. I think he finished fifth in the end, so hung around. And then, of course, finishes absolutely fabulously last week at the US Open. He tied Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick for best score across the last 36 holes at the US Open. So, again, I'm just very, very pleased to get 66 to 1 about a guy that finished in the top 10 in the US Open last week on a course that is going to play the same agronomy this week. Same same, same greens, same fairway grass, same rough grass. It just all makes sense. So Damon and McCarthy. 
I've added Brendan Steele, as I said. Again, 66 to 1, eight places each way with William Hill. He's in great nick, Brendan Steele. 13th at the players, 4th at the Zurich team event. He was with Keegan Bradley. He finished 9th in the PGA Championship, his best ever major finish. Just to say McCarthy's US Open finish was his best major. So these players should be coming to this event full of confidence. Last time we saw Brendan Steele, 10th at the Memorial, and as we said, in the top 10 for T to Green. His record around this place is shockingly good. 13th, 13th, 5th, 17th, 14th and 6th from 11 appearances. He averages 68.08, which according to our scoring average charts is the 4th best in the field. Just behind Rory McIlroy, Jason Day and Patrick Cantlay, for those that have played more than one tournament around here. So Steele is a must. Uh, I've also got in there Seamus Power. I'd be interested to know about the Seamus Power whisper on the show, Barry. But I'm on Seamus Power. I've been really impressed with Seamus this season. Third at the Sony Open, ninth at the Pebble Beach. A quarter finalist at the WGC match play. Outstanding. Then he's come to the major championships. Ninth at the PGA. And last week, 12th at the US Open. And I still think, and I still... Well, I still know. A lot of people, a lot of punters, a lot of DK players still think that Seamus Power is this kind of guy that was scratching around on the PGA Tour for years after a Corn Ferry career. Yeah, and he's still... You've got to put that in the past, I think. Seamus Power now in the top 35 in the world. And one thing we know with Seamus, he prefers shorter golf courses and low-scoring tests. I think this golf course will set up perfectly for him. He was in the top four, I believe, going into the weekend. Yeah, he was fourth place here last year going into the weekend. Shot 66-67. I think now Seamus Power, who is a PGA Tour winner since then, and now in the top 35 in the world, if I was seeing Seamus Power towards the top of the leaderboard this week, I'd be more than confident that he'd actually still be there Sunday afternoon on the back nine. Yeah, yeah, he's moved on a bit since then, hasn't he? And we're talking about this beautifully juicy, each way kind of winning price. Power at 55 to 1 was another one. When that Betfred price came up, because he was 40 to 1 everywhere else, Betfred 50, I was like, wow, what a great price on Seamus Power. So, yeah, those are my ones at those deeper prices. Power at 55, Steel 66s, McCarthy 66s, Damon 90 to 1. I'll hand it over to you guys. I've got two more shorter than that, obviously. Yeah, I've, I've got two long, longer prices. That's the only place I've gone so far. Um, similar to your Danny McCarthy kind of logic, I've gone with someone who's um, not necessarily uh, the kind of tee to green expert that you might expect for this but someone who's trending in that respect and who's got a very good um short game and putting um Mackenzie Hughes I've backed 100 to 1 with eight places each way now five attempts here five cuts third back in 2020 he shot a 60 that that week to to open up he was also the first round leader in 2019 so that's two first round leads from five attempts here so um, he'll he'll be one to keep an eye on for his tea time as well for for Thursday for first round leader potentially. But if you look at his recent form, it's all positively trending. Thirty seventh at the Memorial, twenty eighth at the Canadian Open, twenty fourth last week at the U.S. Open. 
He's off the tee, uh, strokes gain off the tee game's p- trending forward. His strokes gained approach game is trending forward as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been strokes gained positive from tee to green on his last three outings as well. And for someone who's so good on the greens, that's a dangerous trend, I yeah, think. Yeah. It's, it's um, the Denny McCarthy it, route, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, it, it's the, the kind of player, I don't think he goes straight 66s as you kind of described as a way of getting around here 65 66 i think he probably puts one or two silly low rounds in and then a couple of kind of mid rounds as well if he's going to win this but i think he's got the got the game to mm. post those low rounds and give himself a chance here so yeah, yeah i've taken taken a chance on, on the mac hughes that president's cup ch- that president's cup qualification line is be starting to you know like it goes on forever doesn't it but all of a sudden yeah. there's a couple of months to go and that that finish line to get in that president's cup team is become it's, it's not on the horizon it's well within view yeah so yeah, i think that those qualification ramifications are well worth keeping an eye on in terms of motivation and hughes is right on the cusp for uh, the europe uh, the international team yeah, he's he's got a chance if he has a decent, yeah, as you yeah, say, yeah. next sure. next six eight weeks. Then um, it's not out of the realms of possibility, and it will be on these players' radar. Oh god, yeah. undoubtedly they'll. they'll I mean, they'll, look, they'll look at Adam Hadwin recently. Hadwin's mm. been right in the mix. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, first round league last week, wasn't he? It's um, yep Brookline. So yeah, I, Hughes is in. I, the, the other one I've backed is Stuart Sink. I've backed him 150 to one eight places each way. Both of mine with Bet Fred. You mentioned Bet Fred. I thought there was some real outstanding prices with eight places this week with Bet Fred. So um, if you haven't placed any of your bets yet, make sure you check them out because there were some some really mm, strong prices for the additional places. But yeah, Stuart Sink. Whoever got 125 to one on Joel Damon before they reduced it in three minutes. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely hammered it. Yeah, um, yeah. Sink this this post major narrative that's been banded about for a few years, uh, well, for a few months now. Um, he's he's not been playing well recently. He's missed three cuts on the trot. But if you look back historically, he's twice a winner here at uh, at TPC River Highlands, um, the Travellers Championship, and going all the way back to ninety seven, I think it was. What well, used to be the Greater Hartford Open or something, wasn't it? That's right. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, um, second as recently as twenty. 18 as well so you can play the course um overlook the the recent finishes and play this um, post major championship card for Stuart sink and see if he can get himself into the mix at 150 to one there is 200s out there if you fancy less places but um i've taken the additional places this week with sink but yeah they're the only two i've backed so far sink and hughes what about you barry i've also i've i picked I backed Danny McCarthy after we did the pod last week. I was looking for a couple of long shots to be better than my mm. usual, my regular picks, which were terrible last week. Tony Fino has earned himself a temporary spot on a post-it note. Um, it's just, <laughs> have it's you just, got a post-it note now, have you? I do now, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, it's just a strange one. I thought like maybe the Canadian Open was just a false dawn. Maybe Tony just liked it up there and had a really good week or i'm not sure but um yeah so he's temporarily on the the no fly list for well, i guarantee you tony t2 female will be in the mix this week as sure as eggs are eggs and the sun rises in the east i would he's sure to be a hundred percent it has to be has to be for sure yeah um even even 
counting his three miscuts in a row in his last three attempts at this event, he'll probably pop. Um, mm. I mean, I've, I've a little fear about Tommy Fleetwood going well all of a sudden. You know, he didn't have a good week last week, but he no. was trending okay at the time going into it and just had a bad week. Um, mm. Does he bounce back this week after figuring it out? I'm not sure. I might, I might put a little bet on him. But um, Denny McCarthy, yeah, saved my week. I got him at three hundred to one. Mm. Um, so nice hit then. That was good, yeah. Um, and I was—he was on one of my DK teams, so and uh, I think some fantasy teams as well. And I was cursing his bad start on Thursday, just thinking, "Oh, he's gone. He's melted straight away." But my God, did he hang around well? Like made the cut on the number, and then the two sixty-eights on the weekend. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm. He, I, he owes me nothing, so I'm gonna put a. I've put a bet on him again for this week. Um, I like. I, I think I'll back Joel Damon as well. Barry, Big, you must. You've got. You've got to back Joel. Da- you, you, yeah. you, you put up Joel Damon as regular as clockwork, and for good reasons. I mean, this is a perfect course for him. Absolutely perfect for Joel Damon. Yeah, I'd be I amazed mean, if you don't get Joel Damon. He's yeah. He's um. He's a funny one because going into last week, he was, you know, I don't know if it was completely true what he was saying, but he said he just didn't think he had any chance on the course um, for the US Open. But yeah, it all, it all sort of came together and kind of proved to himself that he could compete. And, you know, maybe that, that, yeah, that's a new step up in his belief on, on you know, what his, you know, maybe he's pushed, he's pushed his own in mental ceiling a bit higher. Which is uh, uh, could convert into a win this week. So yeah, for ninety to one, that's um, it's mad to have that price. And for somebody who played so well last week, going to a course that matches up, or you know, on paper matches up great to his skill set. So let's go with that. Um, I, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know I put bets on the fly when I'm on the show a lot, but that's as far as I've got so far. I'll probably back Seamus too. Yeah, this, again, it's just so logical, mate. Mm. Don't, don't, try, don't try overthink for strokes gained on a, He was 11th for strokes gained on approach last week. I think he was like, I don't know, 25, 27 for T to green. But he's been playing some very nice golf in majors, 9th and mm. 12th. And all of a sudden he comes to somewhere where you've probably got to shoot 18, 17, 19 under to win. That, to me, is shameless power territory. And you can do, I mean, it's the performances in the majors are are really starting to impress as well. Like he's a very serious consideration for um, for DraftKings teams and for each way bets. He's got yep. the, he's got that grittiness, that grind in him. Um, but then when he goes to courses where the you know the scoring is good, he 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 seems to have the ability to play multiple styles of golf. Mm. I agree. He will be Two more from, he will one hundred percent be he will one hundred percent be one of my bets for the open championship grabbing grabbing each of eight places. Mm. If you can I mean, who, who knows if you can win or not, but you know, if you can get him like 10, 11, 12 places each way, I will be hitting that one for sure. Mm. Interesting. Two more for me. I, co- I covered off Scotty Scheffler at the top. So, um, 
I don't want to be in a situation where I've put all this thought and emphasis on a, on a scenario and then you sit here on a Monday morning and the guy that ranked second for Tita Green last week comes and just wins it, who's the world number one. And we, you can actually look at it, you think 11 to 1 on Scotty Scheffler. He's, and, and he's 11 to 1, Rory McIlroy's 10 to 1. And this is a guy that's world number one and won four tournaments this year and also finished second at the P- at the US Open last week and second at Colonial a few weeks ago as well. Lost in the playoff, didn't he, to Sam Byrne? Yep. What, I, I struggle to see why Rory is 10 to 1 and Scott is 11, apart from name value. I know that Rory won in Canada, but, apart, you know, it's just, I, I, I struggle with that. Anyway, so I'm on Scheffler. And and the and the one that I'm holding my nose and squeezing it tight is Keegan Bradley. But I tell you what, Keegan Bradley has got a magnificent chance of winning this this week. He was second here a few years ago, if you remember, to Cesarevi. And he's a New England man. And all he kept talking about last week, he was treated like a hero at Brookline. He was getting standing ovations, walking up to the 18th green. He is a very, very New England-focused individual. So for him to win in Connecticut, which is classic, you know, it's part of New England with Rhode Island and all those states, it means something to Keegan Bradley to win this week. If he can get over the line and actually win a tournament this week in his home New England territory, would be a huge deal for Keegan Bradley. And he is playing... Well, he just has been. Yeah, people will be down. Oh, yeah, Keegan Bradley. The guy's playing outstanding golf, mate. He's back in the world's top 50. Fifth at Sawgrass, eighth at the Valero Texas Open, fourth at TPC Louisiana with Brendan Steele, second at Potomac with the week that we're on Homer. He was hanging about at the US Open last week. Top 10 finish, his first since 2014 US Open at Pinehurst. If he actually wins this week, this sounds crazy. If he actually could get the win, the way that the President's Cup points work, 500 FedEx Cup points is trebled to 1,500. All of a sudden, he's in the top 10 for the team American President's Cup team. That's the kind of season Bradley's having. And that, to me, doesn't feel dissimilar to a, like a Harris English win last year or a Ches Reevy win the two, three years ago. Players that you kind of hold your nose and go, Jesus, I don't really want to be paying that price and in this field and blah, 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 blah. I'd rather be backing Rory or JT. And then all of a sudden it comes to Sunday and it's kind of a head-to-head between a Keegan Bradley and... A Tony Finau, and you go, oh, bloody hell. I wish I'd have backed Bradley or Finau. It's, it feels that kind of week to me. So I've taken Scheffler at the top just on a win-only basis, just as a kind of insurance that if he's in the mix, at least I've got the interest on Scheffler. Bradley at 35s. 55 on power, 66 on steel with Denny McCarthy, and 90 to 1 on Joel Damon. If you guys have got anything to add... If not, we'll move on to the BMW International Open. No, no, let's uh, 
let's push on to Germany, shall we? And um, yeah, back to the bread and butter. Can I, can I just you... ask you a question before we start, Paul? What the, we've, we, there's there's a bit of a there's a bit of a situation here. Keith Pelly has said absolutely nothing about LIV or DP World Tour. He's been completely and utterly silent, unless I've missed it. What? Yeah. Well, clearly, we've got the... LIV players in the field this week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, the Scottish Open's the first pinch point, isn't it? Where it's co-sanctioned with the PGA Tour, so they reportedly won't be playing in that event. But um, but yeah, for this week we've got a mix. Um, whether there's announcements as we go through the week, whether things change, this is a very fluid situation, isn't it? And things are yeah. gonna, things are going to come up and, and and change. But over the course of this week, um, we've got 10 players here who played at Centurion a couple of weeks back. So wow. you know, there's, there's no there's no limits on them teeing it up this week. And um, you've got to try and build that into your equations, haven't you, really? Big opportunity um, but, for them in a, in a world of complete uncertainty for their world ranking points then. They can get a, a decent chunk of world ranking points this week, these guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well... This this will be where the, the the pinch points do come in further down the line because if they stop playing or aren't allowed to play these regular world ranking point accruing events, then over time their their status is going to drop away and any qualification that they may get automatically for the majors from their the world ranking position is going to start to deteriorate if they, they can't keep topping up their numbers. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We're, 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 what we're one event into it from their uh, lives perspective. It's yeah, it's a moving feast. Um, I'm I'm not sure there's a happy medium anywhere, but we'll <laughs> we'll we'll let uh, we'll let the powers that be work that through. Um, okay, right. Yeah, I don't he, know. He, you would assume that Pelly must be in Germany this week, and you would assume that the first question on these journalists' lips going to be, well, what's happening with Liv? How can they be playing? And We'll see where it goes from there, really. Yeah, and the, and the journos are, aren't shy in asking those tough questions, you know, of, of the players. Or no, nor should they be. Of, no, absolutely. It's, it's it's got to it's got to be rectified, and it's got to be it's got to be discussed and dealt with, um, one way or the other. And there's either a harmonious um, you know, co- coexistence in the future, or there's um, a lot of a lot of turmoil, one or the other. Don't know, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, as, as you say, we've, we've got to factor it in this week. Um, we're off to the Golf Club München Eichenried, or Eichenried, I think it is, um, in, in Munich this week, um, where we've seen some action before. Actually, it's worth noting on the stats for this event, um, if you're flicking through them, that this event does flick between um, an, a course in Cologne and here in Munich. So I've noted on the uh, event stats this week which are the relevant years in terms of actual course history um so do be careful with that we've got 14 players here that have come directly from brookline as well um only two of them made the weekend that was thomas peters in 27th and will bessling at 56th the other 12 will miss the cut so you need to factor in this kind of post major uh, jet lag scenario and um, plus the live factor, which we were just chatting through a second ago. You know, as I said, there's 10 of these breakaway players that uh, that played in Cent- at Centurion a couple of weeks back that are playing this week. Uh, they're not exactly inconspicuous when it comes to the betting either. Um, no. Some of them are right up there. Mm. Uh, 
Billy Horsell's the favourite, twelve to one. Um, no, no live um, implications as yet from, from Billy, but uh, he won the Memorial what, a couple of weeks back. Uh, miscut last week at the US Open, but twelve to one favourite for Billy Louis Oosthuizen, um, who is a live player, twenty two to one. Uh, Thomas Peters, 22-1. to 1. He was the player, uh, leading player in this field at the US Open, as I said last week, 27th. Uh, Jordan Smith, 22-1 to 1 also. Sergio Garcia, another live player, 22-1. to 1. Uh, Ryan Fox, 25s. He missed the cut last week at the US Open. And then you've got Bernd Wiesberger, another live player, so 25-1. Uh, to 1. So that's, what, uh, three of the top seven in the betting who um, are all live players. So, yeah, I, I, you, we need to factor it in. Rasmus Ogard's next in the betting, 30-1. to 33-1 to 1 bar that top eight players that I've just read through there. Um, Boyle Sports this week, eight places each way. They're the only major bookie that are going eight places. Eight places are fifth of the odds. That's the best on show, so do check out their prices if you like your extra places. Um, the track here in Munich is a fairly stock Parkland affair, really. 7,284-yard par 72. Uh, it's got four reachable par fives, a couple of short par fours as well. and um, It's fairly scorable, particularly in uh, in benign conditions, which is what we're expecting this week. Uh, sunshine mainly, uh, light winds. There's potential for overnight rain on Friday, which would soften the course for the weekend as well. I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring affair this week. High teens, maybe low 20s under par, something like that. Um, new greens, or relatively new greens as well. They were re- relayed before the 2019 renewal here. Uh, fresh, creeping bent grass was uh, laid to all 18 of the greens as well. That replaced the tired... Uh, bent Poana mix that had been there for a few years. So top quality greens and uh, potentially softened up over the weekend um, and with light winds and sunshine. I think it's going to be a, going to be a birdie fest, I'd imagine. Uh, just going through some of the course winners then. And again, um, I'm just picking out the years here that were played here in Munich. David Horsey won 150 to 1 back in 2010. 2011 was Pablo Larathabel at 45s. 2013, Ernie Els, 22 to 1, coming back from the US Open that year to win at 22s. Uh, 2015 was Pablo Larathbell again, 60 to 1 that year. 2017, Eduardo Romero, 300 to 1. Good luck if you manage to get Eduardo Romero that year. Uh, Andrea Pavan won 100 to 1 in 2019. No event 2020 due to COVID. Victor Hovland mopped up last year, 13 to 2. And you may recall, Hovland did play the US Open that year. Um, he shot 74 in the first round. He got some sand in his eye and uh, had to withdraw from the US Open because he was really struggling with it. Um, flew over here and just uh, and took the BMW International Open the following week at 13 to 2 with mm. um, most of the world leaving him alone because of the uh, fitness uh, you know, implications and uh, the price just really didn't appeal and then he just mopped up which um, quite regularly happens in these events so um, you know, you'd have to bear that in mind as well winning scores are, it's 15 under 22 under is the deepest that we've seen in recent years as well but kind of in that 15 to 22 under bracket is likely to be there I suspect it's going to be towards the upper end of that this week given the, the decent forecast uh, historically hitting your greens making putts minimise bogeys they're the three factors and um, 
in the world of strokes gain which we've got for the last two events and i've put a summary on the website for um this munich track for the last two renewals for, from a strokes gain perspective oh that's good and, yeah we start it was starting to build up a bit more on yeah, the yeah, yeah. tour so it all that's um, good where am i finding that on your preview it's um straight off the home page at the moment so okay uh, great i'll have a look yeah yeah, that's uh, all of the stats are there, but yeah, it's only two years worth, so you know you do need to consider it accordingly. But at least it's starting to build from that perspective. Um, Andrea Pavan was seventh for strokes game putting when he won. Uh, Victor Hovland was first for strokes game putting. So as well as having a tidy tee to green game on the week, you do need to putt well, and that makes sense in a week where you're going to have to get to you know close to 20 under or thereabouts to to compete and contend if you're coming in with a stone cold putter i don't you can really get away with it and saying all that incoming form of the last four winners um larratha bell was 43rd on his previous start romero missed cut actually romero hadn't made a cut all year he just had a string of missed cuts and then won this yeah, tournament I remember that, back, yeah. in, back in 2017 i do remember that um, Andrea Pavan had missed the cut on his previous start. Victor Hovland, as we just discussed, had withdrawn his previous start. So if you're looking for pure incoming form, that doesn't seem to be the, the order of the day or hasn't been in the recent years, at least on this, this course. Um, course form as well. And, you know, the historical course form, current form combination. I'm not sure that's going to lead you directly to the winner this, this week or not necessarily at least. Andrea Pavan had missed the cut on his only other visit here. Victor Hovland was a debutant. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure it's a week to really put all your eggs in that uh, that basket of current form and course form. So, of course, the, the obvious player is probably going to win this week as a result of me saying that. Uh, I've backed five in total this week. I, you look at the top, Billy Horsham's a worthy favourite, of course. And I think I can leave him alone given the price. I think it may be just a little bit deep in terms of scoring for Billy, but... Um, you never quite know. He he won the um, uh, the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth, didn't he? Back end of last year, that was nineteen under. Nineteen, yeah. So he can get relatively low. Um, coming off the win at Memorial as well, I, as I say, I don't, I don't think you can argue with the fact that he's favourite this week and worthy favourite in that. But um, yeah, twelve to one best price. I can leave him alone. And in fact, I'm bypassing bulk at the top of the market. Um, and I'm leading with uh, Pablo Larathabel, thirty-five to one with seven places. Now, Pablo is one of those lived defectors. Like I did, I thought long and hard about how to play this, and should I just put a line through every one of the players? Um, and I, some punters will do that, and I can understand that. Um, Pablo strikes me as the kind of player that might be someone who can overcome this. Is that kind of amiable and? Um, uh, a positive player, I think. Someone who can take this event for what it is and and go out and try and win it. This 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 is a course that he's described as his favourite course in the, in the world. I mean, and it's quite obvious to see why he's won twice here. One in twenty eleven, one in twenty fifteen. Um, he was fourteenth at Centurion a couple of weeks when he did play that live event, and I I think he can come here and uh, and and. and Produce another really strong performance, I think. Twice a winner already in 2022. He's at his highest world ranking since 2014. He's into the top 70 now in the world. And you touched on it a second ago, Steve. Some mm. of these players, if they're going to need to maintain their world ranking status, they're going to need to take every opportunity that they've got to keep topping up those world ranking points. So, yeah. 
Um, you know, should he need those in the not so distant future, another win here would push him closer to that top fifty, or maybe just sneak inside it at the end of this week. Um, he, he should get. In. Let's let, let's assume that the Open Championship is going to allow players from all tours to to you know who have qualified to to play. He should get in, um, providing he doesn't have a complete disaster this week through the DP World Tour ranking. Um, criteria which completes at the end of this tournament this week. He's currently sits eighth in that. Um, but again, I expect that's on his mind. You know, it, it, he'll want to bolster that position to guarantee that he's get himself um, into the field at St Andrews in a month's time. And I think if you look back at Pavan, you look back at Hovland's wins, we need someone who's putting well. And Pablo's been holding an awful lot of putts lately. It filters through in his stats just from eyeballing some of his performances and some of his wins, he's been making an awful lot of putts. And I like that coming to uh, an event where I think you're going to need to, to make sure that you're holding more than your fair share of birdies this week. And um, yeah, I've put that live issue just to one side, just this one particular player. I think, um, I think Pablo can feature here at 35 to one on his best or favorite course, as I say. So Pablo's in. I've also backed Hao Tong Lee at 60 to 1. Again, seven places each way. Um, he much improved Hao Tong. He had an absolute nightmare, didn't he, at the start of 2021? He, yeah. he couldn't make a cut for love nor money, but started to pull it around at the back end of last year. Um, and you know, he can actually keep the ball on the planet now, which is a step in the right direction. Uh, second in China at the back end of last year. 12th at the Sony Open on the PGA Tour at the start of this year, which was an eye opener. Uh, third at Razal Kaima, sixth at the ISPS Handa Championship in Spain. Vastly improved from tee to green and on his approach game too. Um, putting yeah. well um, sporadically. And uh, we've seen some more flashes of form recently as well. He was second to halfway at the Dutch Open recently. Fourth after 54 holes after three rounds in the, um, the Porsche European Open in Germany on his last start. He finished 18th overall. I think he's close to putting it all together. Um, course debut this week. I'm not sure that overly matters. We've seen debutants win here in the past. It's one of these courses where everything's in front of you. It's not tricked up in any shape or form. Um, I think he should um, should enjoy this test this week and put one of those streaky rounds together that puts him in the mix here, potentially. Hao Tong Lee also in then. Marcel Schneider off back to 100-1. to 1. Now, Schneider missed the cut of the US Open after making it through that mini qualifying series on the DP World Tour, which ran for the, the weeks immediately running up to the US Open. Um, that was his second major. A little bit more experience um, for him. Um, obviously, not what he expe- expected or hoped, of course, to, to miss the cut. But um, that's how it goes when you're starting to feel your way through these uh, the top events in golf prior to that though three top seven finishes in three events on the dp world tour he had his career best putting performance on his previous start in germany at the porsche european open and um, he was second in the field for strokes game putting that week and for me for a hundred to one shot he's finished top seven in three consecutive dp world tour events coming into this he seems to have been a little bit forgotten on home mm. soil so um i couldn't resist taking him on a hundred to one Mm. Um, also Nacho Alvira back to 150s odd sign of life with Nacho um, in, interspersed with lots of missed cuts 9th at the Sudal Open 20th last time out of the Scandinavian mixed 
Uh, prior to that, he's sixth at Peak and Woods. Some decent efforts in there. As I say, lots of miscuts otherwise. But if you go back to when he got his breakthrough win last year, that was at Celtic Manor. He came into that with five mis- miscuts out of his previous six performances. Um, and then he won at uh, Celtic Manor to get, get that first victory um, for himself, which um, had been a long time coming, but uh, well-deserved in the end. He, uh, if you look again, that came the week after the Open Championship. He didn't play at the Open, but um, perhaps watching, observing some of his more illustrious peers on the TV um, at the Open had uh, given him the inspiration to go out and win at Celtic Manor. And if you go back prior to that, two of his three Challenge Tour wins back in 2015, they also came the week immediately after a major as well, or his start after a major, rather. So, uh, so maybe maybe there's something in it. Maybe it just gets the juices flowing, the competitive juices flowing for Nacho to see these top players going out and strutting their stuff in the majors, and uh, maybe it just galvanises him and gets him ready for the um, the, the, the uh, next start on his uh, on his schedule. Don't know. We shall see. 150 to one, though. I thought that was a price worth taking for a player who is more capable than that price would suggest. Um, and finally, I've also backed Paul Waring. Now, he was 250 to 1 when I backed him yesterday. Um, and if you go back, he's also got one win. That also came after immediately after a major championship. That was the Nordea Masters back in 2018. That was the week after Brooks Kepka won the USPGA Championship that year. Um, th- from three starts here on this particular course, he's got two top 11 finishes, a decent course form. Uh, recent or the season form 12th in Qatar, 10th last time out of the Scandinavian mixed. I think crucially for me, Paul Waring, he's one of those players that I've always got down as a strong tee to green performer. Um, he's kind of flipped that on his head recently. He's been putting far, far beyond his um, long-term trend in terms of strokes game putting, putts per greens and regulation. The numbers are just kind of a polar opposites to what you'd expect. Um, and his long game seems to have chopped off a little bit. Now, the chance that I'm taking here is that he maintains that um, putting performance, but finds some, you know, some historically strong form from tee to green on a course where he's performed well in the past. So um, at 250 to one, that was a chance that I was happy to take for small stakes. So, yeah, they're my five. So I'll just reiterate, Paul Waring 250s, Nacho Ilvera. 150 to 1, Marcel Schneider 100 to 1, Hao Tong Lee 60 to 1, and Pablo Larathabel at 35 to 1. My five. Any fancies from you, Barry, in this? I've taken a couple of almost triple digit golfers. I don't want to get uh, too crazy on the European Tour because well, my record's dreadful with it. So I'm going to take a couple of speculative punts. Um, I've kind of become a fan of the each-way extras on Bet365. Okay. So I've been taking a lot of um, – doing a lot of bets, like the, the one – you know, for ten, with 10 places paid, but it's one-seventh the odds, or 12 places paid, one-ninth the odds. Now, I haven't dug into whether this is any use whatsoever in terms of ROI, blah, blah, blah. It just, it's grabbing the extra places. And if the, the odds are long enough, I kind of figure, you know, I get, okay, you know, get an okay return on the place. But I'm trying to get, yep. you know, obviously you're trying to get the decent price for the win. So it seems to match up okay. So I've backed um, two lads in the 1 to 12 places, one ninth the odds, both at 90 to 1 on Bet365. I've gone for Hurley Long. 
trying to get a couple of um, trying to grab a couple of guys who are doing you know score well on birdies, um, good putters, and he's had a couple of top tens in his last four outings. Um, the Betfred British Masters and the Dutch Open. He's long off the tee, um, so give him give him a run here at a, uh, a home event. And the other I've backed is Matthew Pavon. Uh, yeah, he's been been showing a few glimpses, isn't he, Pavon? Yeah, kind of turned it from playing quite trash not too long ago to um, things going all right for him. So. Seventh at the Volvo uh, Scandinavian mixed, and that was the first kind of popping result for a while. So yeah, just see how he goes. He's a talented guy, so you know maybe he's just found something, and off he goes. Yep. No, they, they were both both certainly on my radar as well. Um, Steve, any any fancies from you? I know this sounds crazy, but Ryan Fox has actually got an opportunity to get in the Presidents Cup team this year. Mm. Especially with all of these Louis gone, all the South Africans are disappearing. There's rumours about Matsuama signing this week. There's rumours of Abraham Anser signing for Liv. <laughs> that President's Cup team, international team, could be absolutely obliterated. <laughs> Ryan Fox, I think he's in 19th place to qualify for that. If he could win this week, that's taking him fringy world top 50. Second at the Dutch Open, second at the Sudal Open. Winner earlier this year at Ras Al Khaimah Classic. And I noticed that in those stroke gain numbers that you've pulled together, he was he's top 10 for tee to green and top 11 for putting on this golf course. Yeah. That's what I like about these strokes gain numbers. They just throw up in-your-face data about play from that course. I mean, it's brilliant stuff. Yeah. It's all free yeah. of charge, a golf betting system. What more do you want? So, yeah, Ryan Fox. I think I'll, I'll have a little dabble on Ryan. 22 to 1. He's, uh, yeah, he's been he's been putting. He was quietly fancied as, as a, an outsider. He was. For, uh, last for week. We US were talking Open about him, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can see why he has been playing some nice stuff. It kind of freezes a little bit when he gets very close to the line. But, um, you know, as you've as, as countless times. Hmm. The door just opens, doesn't it? Every now and again, it's uh, you know he's putting well. He's putting well, long off the tee, putts well. Yeah, I, I I can see him making birdies this week and potentially getting himself close. So couldn't put you off, I don't think. So eight places each way this week for Boyle's, yeah, because on odds checker their column is completely blank, as is Colin yeah. Ladbrokes across both tournaments this week. So they're obviously not offering any prices or odds at all at Coral or Ladbrokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the, or the boy doing the feed is uh, yeah. taking a half on day. On holiday, yeah. One of the two. But yes. Brilliant. I think that's us then, chaps. It's been a good show. Indeed. Indeed. Next week is one of the highlights, Barry. It's the Irish Open. Yeah, it's going to be in Mount Juliet, which is um, it's a super, super parkland course, like beautiful place. So, um, yeah, here we go. Shane's coming over to play. Is yeah, Shane is playing. The, the, uh, I'm not sure he is, actually. I know Shane is. Yeah, well, Shane is playing, yeah. The funnier thing yeah, is, Shane, Shane is an invite. the J.P. McManus Pro-Am on the Monday and the Tuesday, the field for that is just off the charts. 
So I'm not I'm not going to the Irish Open. I'm going to see the Pro Am in a Dare Manor. Okay. Interesting. So Irish head Irish Open is headlining next week. We also have the John Deere Classic, which is always used to be the curtain raiser to the uh, the Open Championship, but it is no more. So John Deere Classic Irish Open next week. I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yep, best of luck, guys. Yeah, good luck, guys. Uh, good luck to listeners, and we will see you again for next week's show. Arrivederci. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system is the golf.